Have you been surprised by spiritual gifts? Because, you know, we've been at this a while. This is part 17. When is this going to end? All right. So maybe you have been dazed and confused. That's a possibility as you come to spiritual gifts and you've heard about them maybe. Uh, Well, if you've been here for a while, you've heard all kinds of things about spiritual gifts. And you still may be dazed and confused. If you have just entered into this, you're going, I don't know what this is. What's happening here? Uh, Maybe you're observing and assessing. You're still trying to figure this thing out, trying to see where does this fit? And, And how does this affect me? And today we're looking at you and your spiritual gifts. Which, you know, that could be surprising or frightening or we'll see. Or maybe you are ready and willing and say, I just, I just need to know what this is so I can get on with it. Let's find out more. And that's what we're going to do right now. So we're going to start with life in the Spirit. Put this in the context. God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, We have God involved in the lives of believers, and God, all of God is involved in us, with us, partaking in in our lives and guiding us to the fulfillment that he has designed for us. So, life in the Spirit, Galatians 5.25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We live by the Spirit, because Jesus has made it possible for us to come into this relationship with God that includes the Holy Spirit moving into us. So partaking in our lives, he gives us new life, a new beginning, a new way of thinking, the possibilities that are now entering into us offer us a connection with the infinite, with the unlimited resources of God as the Holy Spirit is involved in us to do all kinds of things that God wants us to do. And the Holy Spirit's manifesting those things in us. He gives us life. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Galatians is making it clear, in Galatians 5 particularly, that from 16 on, that there is a choice made. We get to decide every day, every moment of every day, whether or not we want the Holy Spirit to be involved. And he gives us our choice. If we say, no, thank you, I'll run my own life, he says, that's a terrible choice, but sure, you just do that. I'll do it with my own energy, my own power, my own way, with my understanding, how I'm wired, I'll do it my way. There's a song like that. He says, sure. But what God is saying to us is, he's going to give you life because you come to Christ and choosing to live his way, choosing to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit will monumentally change the way we experience life, now and forever. So it's, it's a great offer. We get that in Galatians 5.25. We also get in Ephesians 5.18, Keep filling. Keep filling. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't carry over in the translation so much, but in Greek that would be 
keep being filled, be being filled. So that's a continuation always. So that's the daily, moment by moment, being filled. So there's every time we run into a decision we have to make, uh, a response in a conversation, uh, the, our attitude about the day, or something that goes sideways. All it takes is one hiccup in the day, and well, that was a terrible day, and and the tire's low, and I had to stop and fill it up, and it, life sucks. And we just go through all of what attitude do we approach life with in every decision, and then the responses we have when people say certain things to us, and we think, well, I just need to straighten them out. I know people here don't do that. The people in the church behind us, they do that, but... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep allowing Him to be at work because He's going to give us a new way of looking at things, changes character so that that fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, part of who we are and flows in us, through us, in our conversations, in our attitudes, in our behaviors, and how we approach life. It changes us so that we become more and more connected with what God designed, wanted to have in us in the first place, and then we can begin to live that out now in preparation for the life we will live continually after this. So it's a huge offering that God is giving us, the Holy Spirit. We have the choice. We can be filled. We can choose not to. We can follow his leading, or we can choose not to. The Holy Spirit's giving us life, that's come our way. So that part's just amazing, awesome. In the early part of the church, early days, the church has just started. It only exists in Jerusalem. And Jesus told a handful of people, there are 120 of them, Acts chapter 2, gathered together praying. He said, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. So they're waiting. Jesus has died. He's risen from the dead. And he has now ascended to heaven. And they're waiting. So on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit arrives. That's Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit now fills these people, and, and they go, that's what this is about. Something radically different has just now happened to us. So they begin living that way, and, and they're gathering. More and more people are seeing this and coming to be part of it. So we get Stephen's story, and Stephen in Acts chapter 6 is chosen to be one of those who's going to serve a group of widows who have joined the church and they all of these people or not all of them but many of them have come from outside so hundreds of thousands of people show up as as pilgrims for these celebrations in jerusalem and now they're they're stuck there and they've run out of money so what do you do when you don't have enough money for the holiday inn and chick-fil-a and so these people are now relying on the people from the local area to feed them, to house them, and take care of them, and they're just sharing. And some of these people are selling their property and dividing the money and using it to feed everybody and take care of everyone. In the course of that, they ran into the distribution wasn't going smoothly. And so they were asking the apostles to help them with that. And they said, why don't we get some other guys to help us make sure that everybody gets, gets fed? So that's where Stephen comes in. He's one of those chosen. But look at these words. In Acts 6, 5, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So as an outsider observing Stephen, 
they said, here's a guy who has really committed himself to Jesus. He's living this life. It's noticeable. It's noticeable that he is full of the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? How do you recognize that? When you go into Walmart, do you recognize the people that are full of the Holy Spirit? When you go down the street, when you're driving on the roads, do you recognize the people who are full of the Holy Spirit? And yet here's, there you go, this guy. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, Acts 6, 8, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Something's happening here. This is amazing. Performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. They are not really wanting to see that among the Christians. They really wanted this thing to be shut down. And yet this is, the Holy Spirit is just using Stephen and through him these things are happening. He's full of faith and the Holy Spirit and now these things are showing up. God's power, amazing miracles and signs. He's not an apostle. He is not a prophet. He is not from the Old Testament times. He is now a part of this early church in the early days, and this is unfolding in the midst of a bunch of people going, what is happening? The Holy Spirit is at work, and it's remarkable. So the Holy Spirit manifests in many ways, and we're going to hit a few of those real quick with a little graphic. Manifestations of the Holy Spirit, conviction. Holy Spirit will point out where we are off in terms of following other gods, other priorities, missing the mark. Uh, it can be areas of sin and areas where, where our behavior is out of line, we're saying the wrong things, and, and we just get the sense of, man, that was just totally off. Conviction, that's Holy Spirit. And people who are far from God, who if the Holy Spirit is on them, then they will recognize, I need to come to Jesus. So that can be part of the conviction process, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Conviction immersion, that's, there's a time when we do water baptism. We did that last week. But water baptism is, is an illustration of placing a person totally into, immersing into the reality of the living God, moving them into this relationship where they are surrounded by the love of God. The grace is on them. They die to an old way of living, and they're brought back out of the water, alive anew, with the Holy Spirit, with the grace of God working in and through them. Immersion is part of what the Holy Spirit does. We don't have, they don't have to be water baptized to get that. It's just the Holy Spirit, that's one of his manifestations. When someone turns to Christ, he will immerse them, cleanse them, work in and around them, and bring them into this relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and with others who are walking with the living God. Bring all of that together in immersion. Instruction, the Holy Spirit guides. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he will be with you to guide you, to teach you, to instruct you, to comfort you, to pick you up, to get you going. And so that's a big part of what he's doing. And he's going to give us additional information. He said, I don't, I, I, he's, he's been teaching for three years, Jesus has. He says, you know, there's a whole lot more I need to give you. But we don't have time for that right now because I've got to you know, die, rise, take off. 
So I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you. He'll fill in. He'll give you more. There's more coming. Don't quit. So that's part of the instruction. That's manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Communication. The Holy Spirit communicates God's truth, and he will bring that about through the written word, the scriptures that we have, the Bible. And he, even when we're reading it, he can take that book, those words, and make them like neon. And when we're reading through, it just stands out. And you go, wow, there's a word, there's a verse, there's a book, some part of it that really grabs us. And maybe we read through it and we're bored to tears, and then we read it again a year, 10 years, 20 years later, and you go, wow. That book's really good. And the book hasn't changed. But the Holy Spirit's working in us, or we're more open to the Holy Spirit working in us, and he's communicating through that word God's truth for us in that moment. And it may be for direction, guidance. It may be that God is speaking in, in other ways. The Holy Spirit will also speak to our hearts. He will communicate to us through the things that are in creation. He will communicate and work all kinds of ways so that God can get to us, and he's doing that all the time. And when we're walking with him, we're filled with him, he's going to have access to us to communicate. Exhibition. That is the revelation, the presence of the Holy Spirit in such a way that like Stephen... (coughs) Excuse me, that was loud. (coughs) Exhibition is Stephen... A man full of God's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Now, when you see that, there's, there's the exhibition of the power of God in such a way that he's reaching out, making a difference in the people around us. So hopefully, we're going to see that more. <laughs> I'm going to get water. Thank you. So hopefully, we see more and more of the exhibition. I probably inhaled a bug or something. (laughs) Exhibition of uh, the fruit of the Spirit in our character, the way we treat others, the way we interact with others. Exhibition in these powers that, that the Holy Spirit wants to make known. And he's going to do that to counter the world around us, the philosophy, the worldview that exists around us, that is from uh, the enemy, the dark side, and, and God said, I, I just got something better, and I'm going to show you, and I'm going to show you the power. So it's not just ideas, it's, just, it's not just, here's a list of, of uh, moral standards that I'm going to give you. Those exist, but there's more. He's going to add to all of that and exhibit in ways that just will rock our world and those around us. So that's part of this manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are supernatural, empowered by God. Hmm. Empowered by God. Hopefully that registers with you. If it's empowered by God, that's not my deal. If it's empowered by God, that's, that's not something I pull off. It's not my cleverness, it's not my talent, it's not me. It's empowered by God. It's at such a level that, like in Stephen's story, it's recognizable, it's observable. People saw it in him, saw him walking down the street, and they could say, there's a man full of God's grace, God's power, 
The Spirit is on him. There's something happening in his life. And then he blows that up with miracles and signs. So he adds to it. But these are spiritual gifts are supernatural. And let's do this. Let's do uh, first love supernaturally. So that's the, we want to start with that. And that's 1 Corinthians 14 makes that statement. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities of the Spirit. So we're given in Scripture the, the idea that we, as the body of Christ, ought to be looking for these special abilities, these manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and that He has them available. Everyone has a gift. He just wants to work those in and through us. But love is going to be the highest level of all of this, so we start there. That's a character thing. Remember Galatians 5, he says, this is how the Holy Spirit's going to show up in you. This is how you know, because this, this God in heaven who has no limits and no limits to his love is going to take his love, impart that to you through the Holy Spirit, and that you can love now like God does. And he's not saying, oh, the way you love is like God does. He's saying he can give you the love that comes from out there, and you work that in you and through you. So you don't have to be biting anybody's head off. You don't have to be sideways. You don't have to be paranoid. You don't have to wrestle with all the trauma of life because there's a new thing happening, a new way of de- dealing with life because of love. And he's going to put that into you so that things begin to change. It's from out there, not the love that you know, not the love you read about, but the love from out there that he brings, the Holy Spirit brings. So he says, you know, go for that. That's the character, the love, the working of the Holy Spirit in us, the fruit of the Spirit. On top of that, you should also be looking to exercise these abilities, which are also from out there because they are supernatural. So we love supernaturally because we're imp- that's imparted into us. So let's look at a few of those gifts. Here are, here's a list of spiritual gifts from their different passages in Scripture. They come from four different places. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. So Romans 12, a list of these in- include, and you can go online and download this, these notes as well if you wish. Uh, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, service, teaching. Those are going to show up in Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12 has more. Administration, discernment, healing, interpretation of languages, languages or speaking in tongues. Prophecy, wisdom, uh, apostle, faith, helps, knowledge, miracles, teaching. Some of these are in different spots, uh, repeated. Ephesians 4, there's apostle, pastor, teaching, evangelism, prophecy. First Peter 4, there's serving, teaching. They're, so these gifts are, are there, and they're mentioned in different places, and they have a purpose in, within the church so that People can build up one another, honor Christ. That's going to be part of what we're talking about with all of these. So that's a listing of spiritual gifts. The 
challenge is what do you do with those and how are you to understand them? We are on number 17. So if you want to find out, you have to go back to number one and start your way through this. This takes a while to even put the pieces together. What these will come out if, if you are looking or just assuming you read through it and you go, well, I, I, know, what, I know what giving is. Yeah, give a little bit, bit of money here and there, and that helps out. Administration, sure, that's you know organizing. You work in admin at the job. Maybe you organize things and put things in filing cabinets. So obviously, that's the gift of administration. And it has nothing to do with it. Just nothing. Now let me ask you, if these gifts are as we assume they are, are we doing that out of our power and our understanding? Yeah. I mean, that's, when we come to it and we read, read those words and we just fill in the blank, we come up with, oh, I know how to do that. Oh, that must be me because I kind of like that. Or I've been good at that. Or I've had a job doing that. You know, that, that must be my spiritual gift. And then I would refer you back earlier to the part where we said being filled with the Holy Spirit, that spiritual gifts are supernatural. And then I want to ask you, so filing at a job is a spiritual gift supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure the boss would like it. That is not it. That is not it. These are supernatural Remember, Stephen was observably filled with the Holy Spirit. They could see it. Supernatural ability to accomplish God's purposes from out there. Not something he came up with. Not something he growed up with. None of those things. This is supernatural ability provided by God. That's what these are. These are different. So when you go through that list, if you come up with or you take a spiritual gift test or inventory, they have different things. You can go online and you can do them. They will take you to what you like, what you've done, what others, all of the just natural stuff you do naturally. So am I calling that bunk? Yes. It's not helpful. These are supernatural abilities given by the Holy Spirit who has a purpose for them and wants you to be part of it. Every person who knows Christ, has a gift. And he doesn't want you to waste it. But that's a list. Spiritual gifts. Let's look at this. Spiritual gifts, manifestations supplied by the Spirit. It's going to work in and through us and manifest through the Spirit. And it won't be normal stuff. This is extra human knowledge, skills, or abilities. This isn't the normal stuff. This is going to be so cool because you're going to be so frustrated trying to figure what these are. This is awesome. So we've got, we've got extra human abilities that don't look like what we normally do. And then we're told we're supposed to know what these are to help others in the church. Wow. Wow. Spiritual gifts are God-centered, others-oriented, Christ-glorifying. God-centered, others-oriented, Christ-glorifying. 
Hmm. Let's look at some of these. How do we, how do we you know, kind of get a feel for this? What, so I have questions for you. Here's, here's a list of them. Inspect your spiritual gifts. Do you have spiritual knowledge beyond study, thinking, and experience? See, as a Christian believer, you can, you can take classes, you can read books, you can learn Greek and Hebrew, you can study. But you can do that as a normal human being, can't you? Where's the supernatural part in this? Do you have spiritual knowledge beyond study, thinking, and experience supplied by the Holy Spirit who's bringing knowledge, information from out there to you? And that may be supplied to you so that you can share that with others, with an individual, maybe with a a church group. And he did that... uh, through the prophets, he's done that in scripture. Here's information from out there. So what's it like when you die? How many people have you interviewed in your family who have died and they've given you a complete breakdown of how that works? What's over there? Nobody's raising their hands. Okay. Who would know? Who could help us with information about over there? Well, Jesus can because he was over there, came here as a baby, grew up, and then he says, hey, this is what it's like. You can look it up in Luke 16, 19 to 31, and he explains it. He says, Here's, this is what it looks like, over there. Okay, that helps. Are there other, yeah, lots of other passages. The Holy Spirit gives additional information. He passes it on. You get some of it, Paul, you get some of it from the Apostle John. There's more information. Where do you get that information? Well, you get it at the local library. no. You get it in old mythology. No. You get it from out there from the person who knows. Where do you get that? From the Holy Spirit who passes on information, knowledge that is beyond study. It's beyond research. It's beyond thinking. It's beyond experience. It's out there given us, provided to us. Do you have knowledge, spiritual knowledge beyond study, thinking, and experience? Have you spoken words you didn't think up? that remarkably guided or encouraged someone in Christ. Suddenly you have a, a, just a burst of words, something you should say. Now, one of the things that we can do is have a burst of those things happen, and because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, go, have that burst come to my mind, it's filled my heart, and I need to say that, and I'm not going to. Might email it, might, I mean, we might be motivated. Call them now. Go get them, take them to coffee now. Tell them this now. Or are you just talking, having a conversation, and it just comes. And you say some things, you, and some of it may just sound, well, that's not even a big deal. And it changes a person's life, changes their direction, changes how their decision making paradigm is working, all of it. And you just go, well, it's, that's kind of cool. And. They're guided or encouraged in Christ. Because often if we say, well, you need to encourage one another. What we come away with, because we live in our world, in the flesh, in the physical, material existence that we're here in, we'll go, I need to encourage them in their job at work. I need to encourage them to go clean out the trash in the floorboard of their car. I need to 
encourage them. You get the idea. It's just the stuff that we're dealing with here. That's not the spiritual gift. It, it may be true, it may be needed, and you may need to encourage them. That's different than a spiritual gift that comes along and says, you need to be encouraged in Christ to walk with him, to know him. Because that's the essence of all things. That's going to change everything else. But it comes from being encouraged by the Holy Spirit, hits us and goes, you need to tell them, they need to hear this, in Christ. And to move them forward in Christ. So that's one. Uh, Another, inspect your spiritual gifts. Have you provided spiritual guidance beyond your normal ability through dangerous times for a group of believers? Have you provided spiritual guidance beyond your normal ability through dangerous times for a group of believers? That's the gift of administration. It's piloting through dangerous, rocky waters. But I thought it was filing. Oh my gosh. No. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit given to us to do great things, greater things, the greatest things. It ain't normal. It just ain't. I don't use English well either. All right, have you provided spiritual guidance beyond your normal ability through dangerous times for a group of believers? Man, that's a, that's a good one. Do you discern the temptations, threats, and teachings of evil beings with, it, with insight, not your own? Do you discern the temptations, threats, and teachings of evil beings with insight, not your own? Huh. Discerning spirits. It's a spiritual gift. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How helpful would that be? You realize when the rebellious heavenly beings departed, turned their back on God, went their own way, they decided they wanted to be worshipped and wanted to replace the God of heaven and to replace human beings and the heavenly beings, the angels and all. They just want to take it a whole different direction. They don't die. So those that existed at the beginning and have rebelled in, in the various rebellions through the years have continued to be a problem in this world. And because we're modern Westerners, we go, well, there's really nothing to that. Yeah, that's one of their lies, too. As long as they can keep everybody out of balance, unbelieving, and they can do whatever they want because they're free to act and deceive people and drive them in directions that are wrong-headed. Uh, they're bad for the individuals. They're bad for uh, whole communities. It, it drags people down, and the evil is there. The evil is at work, and the evil is trying to, de- to destroy humanity. And just read through the news. You probably just go through it today and find out, no, there's, there's evil in this world, and evil is being promoted. So how do you read that? And how do you read it when it looks like it's good? 
How do you discern that the evil spirits are involved in something, either something you're reading, a movie you're at, or a conversation you're having, or an individual, or a space that you walk into? How do you discern that the evil is there? Gift of the Holy Spirit. And it helps to have people who have that so that they can spot it, and they can point that out, and they can help others to deal with those things. Because we don't need more of that. Temptations, threats, teachings of evil beings. And it's all around us. So, spiritual gift. Another, inspect your spiritual gifts. Do you speak a language you never learned? Never learned to pray, praise, or point others to God. Never learned it, but you can speak it. And we're given in Scripture examples of language that actually help people understand in their own language because you didn't learn it but you're speaking one that somebody else understands there's also language that is not understandable in the world but god will give others the ability to interpret that which we'll we will talk about can you interpret the unlearned language to make it plain for other believers so you haven't learned the language, but you can interpret it. You understand what God's saying, and then you share that with, the, with others. But here's this language that may be used to point people to God, may be used to praise him or to pray. Individuals may use it for any of those things. But the Holy Spirit's at work, and he's giving that ability to use languages. The whole of humanity spoke one language up till Genesis 11. Then it's divided, so there are languages everywhere. And in order to communicate again or to get past some of those barriers with language, the Holy Spirit has a way of doing that, which is pretty awesome. So if you have that one, that's kind of that's kind of fun. Operating by the Holy Spirit. Uh, another, inspect your spiritual gifts. Have you healed someone by the power of God? And if you've had that one, would you stand by the door there at the back? Because we've got some people we need to send your way. That would be handy. Have you healed someone by the power of God? This isn't necessarily, uh, I found the right meds, I went to the right doctor, here's, here's his card. This is by the power of God, something happens and changes that person's physical uh, pain, uh, broken leg, whatever it is that's happening in their lives, and, and God heals it from out there in a supernatural way. Do you give extravagantly to God's work by the supply God provides? Do you give extravagantly to God's work by the supply God provides? You probably noticed in the list of gifts that one of them was giving, we are all, as believers, told to give. And in, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, giving was part of the deal. So tithing, offerings, that's all built into the system to still continue what God is trying to do in the world to worship him, for one, to teach us not to hold on to everything so we can get past our our own greed, but also to, to promote the things God is doing in the world. This is a supernatural gift, a supernatural gift. Who gives at that level? Not, well, you know, it's time to give again, or, well, I guess I should, I'm feeling convicted, another manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I should give. Well, this person doesn't have that. 
This is a powerful, supernatural ability to see where needs are, to see how great the needs are, not to nickel and dime, extravagantly give to make things happen. But it's for God's purposes, accomplishing his work. He does amazing things with that one. Inspect your spiritual gifts. Another, have you seen miraculous things happen when you pray, speak, or help others? Have you seen miraculous things happen when you pray, speak, or help others? The gift of miracles. The word that's used there, the Greek word there, is dunamis. So this is, a, this is powers, the powers of God at work that, that are being exhibited in the world in people's lives or a situation. And, and God shows up in a way that just is unexplained by natural phenomena. This is God at work supernaturally in a powerful way. Do you exhibit divine mercy which is beyond human levels. Not just, well, I'm compassionate, I'm a caring person, I hate people to be hurt, I always pick up you know, wounded animals and take them home. And No, that's not what we're talking about. Those, those, are, those are human, that can be natural, can just be some other things happening within us, but this is mercy at the level of God. How often have you seen someone so merciful it drips from them? The grace, their eyes, the way they speak, the way they move, and and the way they come to care for other people. Accept them, embrace them, include them. Mercy from the seed of God. Supernatural. Not normal, supernatural. Those are some gifts. And some questions maybe will help you determine your spiritual gift or the potential for them. If you're not sure where that fits in your life, maybe that opens up a door to say, oh, that's maybe what I'm looking at. Or maybe I've seen that somewhere and I'd be able to identify it. Manifestations of the Holy Spirit are not worldly. Not worldly. You may be told by God to do something way out of your league. He does that all the time. Way out of your league. I mean, just loving other people the way he does, that's, that's way out of our league to start with. But we're talking, so he may come up with other things. Luke chapter 10 He sends out 70. Jesus is on the earth. He's got a group of people following him around. He takes 70 of them. And he says, all right, I'm going to send you out two by two. You go in all these villages. And I want you. Now, these are just, you know, nice Jewish boys walking around with Jesus, hearing nice things about Sermon on the Mount and, you know, don't build on the sand, build on the rock. You You know, all those stories. Got that. Now what I want you to do is go into those villages and I want you, don't take any money with you, you just go, no resources, and you heal people and you cast out demons. I don't know about you, but when somebody shows up in prior saying, hey, I'm here, 
to uh, heal people and cast out demons. People come a-running, don't they? How weird is that? It was just as weird then. This isn't a normal thing that they just had people come into town saying, hey, I'm here to heal people and cast out demons. They were, uh, you know, just as skeptical as we are in our day. And they're just going, well, thank you very much. And he addressed, Jesus addresses that, says if they don't welcome you, you just kick the dirt off your feet, you just keep going. Because apparently they want to be sick and have demons. Go to the next town, do it there. And if they accept you, heal the people, cast out the demons. So let me ask you, would that be out of your league? Jesus says, I want you to go to places you've not been, go to these villages, randomly show up and start healing and casting out demons. You go, yeah, that's a little, that's a little uncomfortable. That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's not worldly. Jesus is saying, I got something for you to do. He may have something that doesn't fit into your comfortable life. If you want to walk with the Holy Spirit, just get ready. Just get ready. Because that's how he works. You are given the Holy Spirit to do an extreme character makeover. That's Galatians 5, 23 and 24. That's what we talked about earlier. That's that working of the Holy Spirit in us to change us so that we are operating with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And you think, well, just, I mean, just take patience. Anybody need that one? So patience is going to come from supernatural patience from the throne of God coming into us, making it possible for us to be patient in ways that we can't even imagine. Even if we have a laid-back personality, this is supernatural version. This is amped up. You are given the Holy Spirit to do an extreme character makeover. You have a gift and access to more gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's given you a gift, we're told. Everyone has one, at least one. And it sort of works like this. It's a seed. It's, It's waiting to be in that good soil. It's waiting for that openness, that willingness to have the Holy Spirit at work, to manifest, to live, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to um, guide. And so we listen to Him. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything we do, all of our lives, 24-7. That's a, the seed's got a place to go. It can start growing. So that's the seed starts to grow, and then we can practice this, this gift, this manifestation of the Holy Spirit that He's provided, We have an opportunity to use it. And at that moment, we have a choice to make. Do we use it? Because I don't want to go to those villages and cast out demons. People think I'm weird. So I'm not going to do that. Okay? We're told the Holy Spirit will just stop. You anger him. You don't want him. He stops. So if he's given you opportunity in the past, and the seed was there, And he said, here, go here, do this, speak this, go to that place, step out of your comfort zone, and you go, nope. No, I don't think so. And then you go, the Holy Spirit just doesn't do anything to me. He doesn't say anything. I don't don't think I have any gifts. That's not happening for me. If you've said no, he takes that as no. He's not operation. It's not operational. You say yes, 
You begin to grow. He provides it. Still, maybe a seed, maybe it's just a seedling, maybe it's just starting to take off. And the more we walk with him, the more we practice, the more we go with and say yes, the more it begins to mature. And then it's fully functional. And then it's like Stephen, observable. Things are happening. God is at work. And it just becomes amazing. That is the Holy Spirit at work through spiritual gifts. Available to you, every believer in Christ. Got one, maybe more. Holy Spirit chooses. You can ask for more. And he honors that as well. He still gets to make the final decision on who gets what because there are different times that those things are needed. We'll talk about that more in the next couple of weeks on how you get these and how these work and how the whole of who you are fits into spiritual gifts or spiritual gifts fits into the whole of who you are. But for now, it's life in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part. We allow the Holy Spirit to do what He does. And He wants you to be part of this. He wants you to experience this. He wants the whole, whole of the body of Christ to experience it because when you are walking with the Spirit, living this out, following His leading, and He is empowering you, you're going to impact the people around you. And then those people can impact the people around them. It just gets better the more this is expanded, the more we see this uh, growing. So I encourage you to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for offering hope, Lord, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, the many manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Spirit, for the many things you do unrecognized most of the time in our lives, but so amazing. Thank you for being patient with us, for believing in us. Thank you for making this possible, these gifts. And I pray that for each one of us, we would just think about it, tune in to you, listen to you, and discover the things that you have for us so that we can be uh, manifesting these things in our world. Our world needs it. We need more light, we need more life, we need more love. And it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen.